Reva tries to discover the path. Obi-Wan raids the Inquisitor base. A daring escape ensues and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, we are back here on the Sky Guys, ready to break down part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a very quick episode, about 32 minutes before credits. One of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Also with me today, the man whose voice you hear in the narration every single week, Pete Considori is here. Pete, how are you? Doing great. Obi-Wan Kenobi again this week, right? We got two more weeks of this, so we got we to gotta savor the moment. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, to be here uh, without Nick Fryad, unfortunately, but we'll, we'll get to our very special guest now. Yeah, Nick is on, currently on honeymoon. He is going to be gone for the next two weeks. He has some good pinch hairs lined up. Also with us today, making his Sky Guys debut. Fans of Just End the Suffering podcast do know this guy a little bit. Alex Fasano is here. Alex, how are you? Fantastic, guys. Happy to be a part of the Sky Guys today. Hope I do a good job filling in for Nick. I got I got the Yoda little guy here. I got the light up Death Star. I even got my lightsaber here ready for you guys. So I hope I'm doing a good enough job to get this episode started. To be honest, Pete, he's doing, he's doing a pretty good job with the Nick Phil in there. I mean, it's better than me. I got no lightsaber. I got I mean, <laughs> having a Silkatano Lego around. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I have the Silkatano brickhead as well here, Alex. So I do have that one. Very uh, nice. Right nearby. I, and, the, and the blue moon shirt. That's no moon. Yeah, there you go. What do you guys think? A solid. I do, I do appreciate that. Before we uh, get deeper into this here, Alec, give me your general like Star Wars background. How deep into the like canon are you, and like what do you think about Obi Wan so far? Well, I mean, I've been a Star Wars fan since forget it, adolescence. My uncle is the biggest Star Wars fan I've ever met in my entire life, and my father, my brother, my whole family is. Uh, so that's one of three lightsabers uh, I've seen: Rebels, Clone Wars. Uh, I'm actually not too big into bad batch i've seen a couple of the first episodes but in terms of like canon i've seen anything as canon as you can get um and i just love what they're doing i mean they, they they're not missing with kenobi this is fantastic they i loved the book of Boba. you know all the critics and, and and skepticism aside i think they're nailing everything that they're doing here and i'm very excited to see what's next yeah and pete a, a pro book of boba fan this is not something that's a comment on this podcast yeah, maybe maybe that's a great idea. Uh, yeah, sorry. Thanks for time. Appreciate you coming on. But <laughs> all right, I'm done. I'll, I'll head into the back to tank. I yeah. need to. I need to heal. Listen, I mean, there's going to be. I mean, we were talking to uh, Phil Fryetta right at the at the uh, at the uh, at the wet. Uh, he was saying he liked episode eight. So you know, you got you have uh, you have all different types of Star Wars, and we don't judge. Listen, if you like episode eight, if you like Book of Boba Fett, you're you're cool. You like <laughs> Look, how about this? I'll at least say, you know, Rogue One is probably, you know, episode five is the greatest Star Wars movie in in period. Empire Strikes Back, greatest one. Rogue One, I, I think it's also up there, if not one of the greatest as well. So I hope that 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 fake that makes up for the Book of Boba. Yeah, respect. All right, and before we dive any further in this podcast, Pete, if they want to subscribe, what we're doing here on the Sky Guys podcast, they can check out all the here podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Just search for the Sky Guys there. You get the podcast the day after we record. So we're recording on Wednesday night. You get it on Thursday. If you wait for the main Justin the Suffering feed, you don't get it until the weekend. So, Pete, they got to make sure they get on that. They want the instant access. Listen, every week we get on this podcast and we talk about it. I don't know how many times I have to tell you people, if you haven't done it, you got to subscribe. 
I mean, what are, what are you doing here if you're not subscribed to the Sky Guys feed? That's my motto, right? I mean, you want to get the most up-to-date stuff when it comes to most update content when it comes to Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, two more episodes after this week. You got to subscribe. If you don't, you're not going to hear our opinions until much later, and I don't think you want that. Yeah, I think you want it fresh out of the oven here. And Alex, did you know that we have an Instagram feed that people can follow as well? You know what? I got to start following myself. This this is the podcast you're looking for. Yep. I'm sure I'm sure that'll sway enough people to get some subscribers going. Yeah, and as far as, as Nick is usually one of the plugs is here, but I'll do it since he's not here. Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. You can check it out there. If you want to see the video version, see Alex's lightsaber in the background and the Yoda plushie. <laughs> so you can check out the YouTube page. Back on YouTube for the video version of this podcast. And as we do every week, we'll do a little bit of Star Wars news. Uh, since Nick is not here, Pete's going to step into the, into the news section. So what do you want to start with, Pete? Yes, um, Inquisitor. Uh, there's some little rumblings here that uh, the Inquisitor is not dead. Uh, it was in that Vanity Fair article. I believe there's another one that was released, right, Mike? Um, yeah, I'm, where, I'm throwing yeah. the quote on the screen from the, this is from Star Wars stuff, has the quote. Right, right. So um, as I look at the screen here, I'll quote it here. As you know, we would never break canon. So that's all I say. Canon is everything. Um, we see that picture of the Grand Inquisitor getting stabbed. So I would say there's a 99.99% chance that this Grand Inquisitor is not dead so that we do not break canon or the Grand Inquisitor we know and love from Rebels is a different Inquisitor than this guy. Even we'll though they, they look exactly the same, roughly. I mean, it could be the same species, right? It doesn't necessarily have to, uh, you know, be the same person. He, they got criticism for how the Grand Inquisitor looks, so maybe, maybe this is something that's going to help that. I don't know. I mean, uh, Faz, I mean, you guys rebels like would you were you on the train with us that as soon as we saw it's like, oh, he's not really dead. They're not going mean, to destroy their first show. This the, a we hear it right from the source. So there that that tells you right there that I think that's pretty reliable. But also, like, we've seen people get their hands cut off. We've seen people get their legs cut off. We've seen people get cut in half and still survive. So I think anything is possible at the, this point. So I think he's still poking around somewhere. I think he's poking around somewhere. I'm calling my shot here. That's going to be our post-credit scene. He's going to get, like, basically rebuilt, and then he's going to show up in that, and that's going to be the post-credits at the end of episode six, Beat. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say that would be the cheap way to do it, but that would be kind of cheap. You know, it's like, we don't want to break canon. We didn't fit into the show, so here it is after the credits so that you know he's alive. <laughs> uh, especially because there's no season two of Obi-Wan, at least from what we know from the title. It's a limited-run series. It's a, it's a limited-time event, if you will. Um, it would be pretty cheap if they did that, but... If they do, they're not breaking canon. Fine. I mean, that's if that's what they have to do. That's what they have to do. And that—that's the second brother, right? Who's hanging around the fortress as well? That oh, was the second brother. Uh, fifth brother. Fifth brother. So we see him in Rebels as well. Rebels as well. So maybe he may have uh, found the body, picked him up, put him in the back to tank, saved his life, and maybe that's why he's still hanging around him. Yeah, that's for sure. What else you got in the news department this week, Pete? Yeah. So Bad Batch is going to be uh, pretty much running concurrently with Andor, correct? Yes. Uh, we got that news. So I find that interesting, right? I thought, and, and Nick and yourself as well, Mike, thought that this was something that was going to be a nice bridge between Andor and the Mandalorian season three. Um, but it looks like they're running concurrently for a little bit of time here. And I, I wonder, I mean, the question goes to both of you. Do you think this is the right move by Star Wars to have, um, you know, a second season of a fairly new show running concurrently with a brand new show that they're trying to uh, deploy here? Yeah, Alex, I'll throw to you first. I'll put it here on record here. Disney Plus did leak it on their on their actual like app that the second season of Bad's coming this uh, September 28th, 16 episodes, about six or seven are going to run concurrently with Andor. What do you think about that? 
It's actually a day before my birthday, so I have to get on that. I might have to start rewatching Bad Batch to get uh, fully caught up. But it's interesting because, like you said, it's going to run with Andor. I kind of liked how I mentioned before how Rogue One is such an amazing movie because it's kind of like not a standalone, but it is kind of a standalone because we all knew what was going to happen. And it's kind of like its own entity, not part of the trilogies. So I was kind of excited to see that Andor was going to be its own entity. Yeah, of course, some things are going to tie into each other, and canon is canon, so we'll see how it is. I just hope they kind of keep the Bad Batch as the Bad Batch. Like, it may run concurrently, but I hope the Bad Batch is still the Bad Batch and Andor is still Andor. Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting to me is the fact that, like, we have never seen them try this with, like, for example, Marvel running two Marvel shows at the same time. Like it's not like they did what if at the same time as Loki. They did space them out. So I thought it was interesting here that, like, maybe it's, you know, like, we're worried about the Bad Batch viewership. So, you know, we can, you know, boost the audience a little bit and decide to redirect them from Andor and say, oh, this is also on. Check this out. I don't have to worry about that, Alex. Yeah, you know, we're going to really see what happens. I just want to know what happens with Kenobi. And then we got Andor. And then we got Acolyte. There's so much that I'm so excited for. Just keep keep coming, man. Honestly, I'm just so excited. Yeah, absolutely. And one last piece of news. Not really Star Wars related, but sort of podcast related, Pete. Yep. So as you have heard on this podcast multiple times our our boy nick friata got married um him and his wife are on their honeymoon right now so congratulations nick and chelsea um but his brother phil gave us a nice little shout out during his best man speech we made it guys we made it to the best man speech um and he gave us a little shout out there and and this is where we kind of learned that he uh he likes uh episode eight and again totally fine uh this is the first time I was meeting uh, Phil. So really cool, dude. It was really a pleasure meeting him and, and a lot of Nick's family as well um, at the wedding. And uh, yeah, I just, that's like the last little piece of news there. Congratulations, Nick and Chelsea. Yeah, because Alex, the backstory behind that is also, there was a point where Nick has basically said like, my brother's not allowed on this podcast. He has horrible star Wars takes. So now we come back right to have a conversation because he gave us a big uh, boost in the, in the potential listening audience by giving us a plug in the wedding, in the wedding toast. So this might be a conversation we have when Nick comes back. Yeah, it's like a, you gotta you gotta weigh the two options, you know. He he, he gave you the shout out, but you said he likes episode eight, so it's kind of <laughs> what's the trade off here? Don't judge. We don't. Judge. <laughs> we do not judge. You're yeah. absolutely right. So if you listen to the Star Wars movie rankings, uh, Foz, I did not have episode five very high. I did not. So fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, congratulations to the happy couple. I hope they have a great time. Yes, all the best. Yeah, Nick is going to be gone this week, and next week he'll return for the finale. Let's get into episode four, which is the reason why we're here today. And I think a nice, quick, shorty, 32 minutes with before the, with the credits, a lot of action in here. That was you know, a good place to you know get some action here. I did like that overall. Like We didn't you know spend an episode where we're going to try to figure out where Leia is, Faz, because we're sort of like, hey, like where is she? And then they go the the planet Jabil, like, oh, she's at the Inquisitor base. Let's go to the Inquisitor base. Instead of wasting episodes, just planning, just went right and did it. I thought I thought that was nice. Yeah, you know, it was crazy because we we saw how the last episode ended off. What's happening with Obi-Wan? How bad is he actually injured? Because obviously watching episode four, we don't see any scars or anything on his arm. So to see him kind of get into the back to tank and immediately say, where's Leia? We got to find this girl. We know where his intentions lie. And it's kind of cool to see him like stay focused like that, despite all the chaos that's happening with Vader. Yeah, and Pete, I did like how they started so with the mirroring back to tank scene where they're putting Obi-Wan in his and Vader's in his. They're both recovering. They're both sort of still connected to each other. I thought it was fun to sort of give us the, more of that mirroring as they've been doing that quite a bit throughout the series of the two of them sort of like going through similar experiences. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it calls back to, you know, the prequels. And also if you want to go as far as the sequels, when it comes to that mirroring effect that you get in star Wars, right. Um, you know, it just, it almost kind of reminds me of Anakin's nightmares, if you will. Um, it wasn't more mirroring in that sense. It was just more of a back and forth. You know, the one thing I do have to say though, is that I, I'm right now, I'm disappointed in how much Hayden Christensen, Christensen we've seen. Um, I think it's because he's, it's just so heavily in, engulfed in makeup to make him look like Vader. We don't really see a lot of the actor and that right now, at least. And that kind of makes me, um, I don't want to say sad, but this was marketed as he was going to be in the show. Right. And uh, him playing Vader is the only respectful and appropriate way, I think, for this show to go. So I'm not upset about the casting, but I also was hoping for a little bit more of out of suit Vader, at least up until now. I don't know what's going to happen. Episodes uh, five and six. We may have a lot more to come of that. Um, But. I do like that mirroring. I do think the 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 dual back to back to tank scene is is definitely um, definitely a good one, just just for a visual standpoint, but also a a meaning standpoint. Yeah, it was funny because we go back to Alex's favorite show, Book of Boa Fett. The back tank usually was the vehicle for the flashback, <laughs> so we thought for sure we're going to back tank. You know, maybe we'll get some flashbacks of Hayden Christensen's oh. Anakin Skywalker, and you know, <laughs> we didn't do that here. We just got everyone's like, I'm done. I have to go back to work. So he goes out. He meets the crew on Jabil, and then they quickly figure out that, oh, like, it's on the Inquisitor base. And this is my one pet peeve of this episode, is they, like, we did, I like, think, one too many Reva and Leia interrogation scenes. We start out here at the first one. We just see Reva trying different ways to get this kid to crack. She starts out saying, oh, Obi-Wan is dead. And, like, Leia's, like, you see the little single tear rolling down her face. I'm like, that was a little dramatic, a little too much. You know, it's interesting how smart this 10-year-old girl really is. I mean, we see everybody throughout Star Wars canon, how Force-sensitive these kids are and these people are and how different the Force is in each person. Maybe, you know, obviously we didn't know she was this Force-sensitive until, what was it, Episode 9, or excuse me, 8, when, no, 9, when we found out that she was training with Luke. Um, So this could be her first steps of becoming one with the force, you know, it's her mind and her will that's super strong. And she's not giving up the rebel base. She's not letting, you know, Reva know where the path secret location is because she's a 10 year old girl, which I think also adds to it. Why Reva doesn't really want to go full, you know, full on inquisitor on her because at the end of the day, she still looks like a 10 year old girl. She is a, she's a child, but we're seeing how strong she really is. And this is just Leia's first steps. And I think this is very well done. I thought it was pretty well done, Pete. And I think we can also talk here about the plan being built on Jabil, where Obi-Wan says, like, where is she to figure out? Oh, she's on the Inquisitor Fortress, which is a big fault, a big location in Fallen Order, the video game, which Alex has played. I think, Pete, you played through it, too. Uh, I didn't finish it. It was it, I got to like one part where it was just too hard. And then another video game. Came out, <laughs> and I, I, I pretty much just dropped the controller. I was like, I'm done. Uh, it's definitely something I want to probably play through again prior to at least the Jedi Survivor game or at least watch the storyline fully, maybe not like on YouTube or something. But I have seen that base. Yeah, so that base is there. And then we find some interesting information. We get the, you know, Chekhov's uh, base, base does not have shields. And then they try to figure out, oh, like, should we just take speeders up there? And Tal says, you know what, like, I'm an Imperial officer. I'll just go on the base and we'll we'll smuggle you in the base. So... A two-man operation here to go break into the base here with all the Inquisitors flowing around. Alex, what do you think of this plan? 
You know, it's it was a. I think this is one of the coolest parts of the episode, seeing General Kenobi again. He got to that table and he was like, "All right, what's the game plan, guys? We need to figure out here. There's no shields." He went into full on like back to the Clone Wars mode. We got to get this girl. And shout out to Tala, man. He's got this now. This help with Tala. She's got all these awesome security clearances, and she's kind of a badass herself, uh, making her way. So, I kind of like the new introduction of the character. Um, and it was really cool to see Obi-Wan kind of go back into that. All right, guys, I'm, I gotta be a secret agent again and, and, and swim and figure out how to enter the fortress and we got to go into stealth mode. So shout out to general Kenobi. Yeah. And last week I gave Tala an MVP point in our podcast here. Pete was not a big fan at the time. I think it's age much better. Pete now after seeing this episode. <laughs> yeah. I listen, there's always going to be my gripe about that character. <laughs> However, I, I, I agree. It's uh, Tala really is the, the, driving force of this mission right um i think it was super cool that the uh, other supporting character and i, I forgot his name uh, the pilot toward the end not the one who who uh we won't get the spoilers but uh we called him general right off the bat no yep. hesitation um i thought that was really cool um we haven't heard someone call him general probably since uh oh, broken broken was his name i apologize Pete. No, broken no. <laughs> We probably didn't see hear that in a live action since Attack of the Clones, maybe. Um, and uh, or maybe maybe Revenge of the Sith. I can't remember if, you know, Commander Cody calls him general or something. But um, definitely a cool, like Foz was saying, definitely a very cool scene to see him in that kind of strategic mode. Um, granted, if we're going to talk about the interrogation with Reva, I think Reva's kind of, I don't want to say dumb, but the character is just not thinking clearly um she found leia in the path so i'm not sure why she wanted <laughs> her tell me where the path is i don't know if she probably thinks and this is probably where the writing is going she probably thinks she knows where all the other paths are yeah um they probably could have done a little bit better in the writing there to explain maybe that part a little bit more however all in all those two scenes done beautifully maybe we get a little bit too much of the interrogation but I don't know. I think it builds up the Reva character a little bit more. I know Reva had a really rough start. So I think this helps the character a lot too. Yeah. And I also think interesting note here, Alex also is that you mentioned Roku and he also kind of hints that like his wife at one point was basically a former Jedi. And then she got hunted down by the inquisitors and killed. So he knows exactly what he's signing up for. And he's all in. You know what I just realized too, literally as you reminded me that his wife was a former Jedi. First of all, Roken is kind of just weird. He's like, this is Roken. He's kind of like the leader of this, you know, one-off rebel unit. And it's just like, no, we're not helping him. Uh, You know, you don't know what I've been through. I know exactly what the Empire has done. You know what? I know what they've done. Let's like, I'm just going to change my mind. I mean, like that was a little weird, you know, for, for Roken. Like this is the, one of the upper ranked reb first, you know, and this is the first time we're seeing, I guess, a rebellion too, post order 66 for the first time, you know? So it's like, that's how this guy is like, all right, I'm not helping you. You know what? Let me change my mind and, and help general Kenobi. Yeah. yeah PS more. I think I was more of a writer saying, Hey, you only have six episodes of work with you. We can't spend a lot of time debating this. Yeah, no, it was, it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> I'm not helping you. Ah, okay. Like it was very, it was just kind of like back and forth. He's like, and the way he said it, the writing was so bad with it, in my opinion. The way he said it was like, if you're asking for my help, you'll have it. Like, he asked for your help already. You <laughs> oh, what the difference was now and then, maybe because now you know he's looking for a little girl versus I just want help to defeat evil. But 
Oh man, that, that, <laughs> that part was a little rough. That's probably my only gripe. That's probably my LVP point of the episode. Is was that? that? Yeah. But again, like you said, Mike, it, six episodes. We can't spend an episode. Granted, we could have. We could have spent this episode arguing and then had five and six to be the <laughs> moment of, uh, you know, uh, Obi-Wan finding Leia from the Inquisitor base, returning her home. Like, they could have done it that way, but it just shows there's a lot more to go. There's, I would say, at least an hour's more worth of content. I doubt the last two episodes are going to be 30-minute pieces, but if it's the minimum 30-minute pieces, you still have an hour of content left. We saw how much content we got in this episode, so... It, it looks like we're going to get into some more trouble here with Obi-Wan and possibly Vader and, and the Inquisitors and maybe the Grand Inquisitor. So um, they couldn't just argue. Like you said, they couldn't argue for an episode. Yeah, I'll say Ro couldn't change his mind faster than Boba Fett offered Black K a job in his show. You know, it kind of... <laughs> that was... That was I, I feel like, you know, I, I hate to compliment the book of Boba Fett prior to Mandalorian season five. <laughs> That was more organic, I feel like, in Book of Boba Fett offering um black k that job versus this this was just like that like ah, you're asking for my help you'll have my help like no no you can't be that confident after you just said to him i'm not helping you i know what happens when i help you yeah, yeah and in both boba too it was like you're gonna work for me and it's like cool now he's getting an entourage like that's kind of a cool twist now it's just like you think obi-wan was probably gonna do this with or without your help anyway so it's like this was just a weird writing as you said yeah, it was a little weird writing here. And then we go back to, we did, we did the Leia stuff a little bit. And we talked about, like, Reba's tack this time is, she tries lying to her and basically saying, like, oh, like, you know, this is what's going on here. Like, here's what you need to know. Leia doesn't fall for it. And I think Leia basically, I, I don't know if it's here the next one where she says, like, hey, call my dad if we're all on the same side. I'm <laughs> like, this that was funny. That was very clever and, like, very quick thinking by Leia Alex. You know, it was actually cool because, like, there's a little awkwardness to it. Like, yeah. you see Reva kind of, like, get a little stressed. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're still trying to interrogate a child. And, again, I mentioned, like, how strong-willed this 10-year-old child is. She's like, I'm, I want to speak to the man in charge first before we start really talking. And it's like, that's my father and so on and so forth. So, I think, I, I love little Leia. I think this is great. She, she's one of my favorite characters of the show so far. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely a lot of fun. And then we see... Tala flies into the base. She tries to basically walk right in. She goes up to security and basically pulls rank on this poor dude. He's doing his job. He's like, hey, like, have you ever heard any of classified information, Pete? And basically, she basically bullies her way into the base. And then we get a cool throwback to Phantom Menace where we see Obi-Wan using the Jedi breathing device. And she opens the airlock. He swims underneath the base. That was pretty cool. I really like that they use the the fear tactic in an outranking tactic for the Empire scene. Um it, it, it still gives a glimpse of how the empire works and how disruptive they can be. And also how in line they could be when it comes to ranking officers. Um, so I, I really, really appreciated that scene. I think that was perfect. I think her making a big enough stink to get into where she had to get into in the base was perfect. Um, it almost kind of gave me Tarkin vibes. I don't know about you guys, but it kind of gave me a little bit of a Tarkin vibe, almost like the way he talks, like I'm your outranking officer. You can do whatever you want, but there, someone's going to hear about it, you know? Um, and then, like you said, a little, you know, homage to, to uh, the Phantom Menace, the breathing apparatus going, uh, underwater into the base, which I think was a really good idea. I'd like to know how he got underwater to begin with. Uh, did he <laughs> plane, like, did he, or did he jump out of the, the, uh, um, what's it called? The ship, <laughs> low landing. I don't, I don't know. I'd like to see how that happened because I'm, you know, nitpicking now. However, 
uh, it's, it's cool. It's a good way to go into the, to the base and I'm, I'm okay with it. It's not, I'm not sitting there going, Oh, okay. Of course this again, or, you know, anything like that. That's interesting, Pete. You said like general Tarkin, like you get Tarkin vibes. Like I love that too. Anytime they bring Tarkin in, they nail it. Like with Clone Wars and Rebels, it's so amazing to see that. But also, like you said, it's interesting. She is like, this is the first time we're seeing like when the Rebels and when anybody on the light side kind of infiltrates the Empire and they have to wear the uniform or they get a Stormtrooper uniform or whatever the case is. She had the uniform. She's a ranking officer to begin with. How she got there and, and how she already got her credentials is pretty interesting to see. The Rebels have like, this is the like biggest pocket aces they've had or at least have we've seen in in the whole show yeah and more we got more tala badness too because basically she goes works for a workstation she's using one of these old school communicators we see that they use in a new hope to communicate with obi-wan and then she gets pulled away by a another officer on the show's like what are you doing here you don't belong in this sector and then like she goes behind like the whatever the hell that library like shelf thing is, knocks him out, comes back, and just keeps guy going on through the base. That was another fun, like, Tala being a badass moment, Alex. It was badass, but also, like, I think he might have to be my LVP, that, that <laughs> no-name officer. Like, how do you just get your ass kicked and then just, like, sit there behind it? And also, what is it going on? Nobody noticed this? <laughs> Nobody heard this? There's, like, an enclosed room that they're in. She just kicks his butt, knocks him out. Nobody says a word at all. I mean, it was cool for Tala to, to do that, but I mean, this guy, man, some commanding officer you are. Yeah, Pete, we didn't know that Tala was a secret assassin behind the scenes. Light work, light work for Tala. <laughs> I mean, not to say that the officers of the Empire were wusses, but generally speaking, whenever you see an officer of the Empire, they really don't have much of a backbone. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I saw like Tarkin try to fight someone ever. Right, running away. Right, all the officers were always just like, ah, stormtroopers, go do what you have to do. I'm, I'm going to shoot once and run. So, I, I'm not surprised this was light work for Tala. You know, I also uh, bringing up Tarkin and also just the 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 Empire and having someone who who had the uniform is pretty much a double agent. This also kind of gives me Agent Callus vibes. Right, we we have this time in the Empire where there's still people that don't know if they really want to be part of the empire or not. Right. Once we get to the, the, the original movies, it's the, it's either the, you're the empire or the enemy and that's it. You go against us. You're done. That's it. Prisoner killed, whatever. We're still in this in between. And Mike, you had mentioned this and Nick had mentioned this as well about the inquisitors, you know, jurisdiction where they can be, where they can't be, what they can do to civilians, what they can't do, how there's this gray area. We're still in this time frame where the agent calluses of the world and also Tala of the world don't know if they really are doing the right thing. So I think this is a great introduction to showing that there are still good people in the empire currently. That's, that's not going to happen later on in, 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 in Canon, but currently there still are good people that don't think this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I also point out one other interesting thing I forgot to mention when she walks in, Alex is like that. She name checks the grand inquisitor to that first security guard. And she's like, you want me to tell the Grand Inquisitor that you kept me from giving him the information? And he basically didn't, like, basically non-sold that. So, like, the rank and file of that base has not been told that the Grand Inquisitor is dead. So that's another interesting point. Which is weird. Fortress Inquisitorius doesn't know that the Grand Inquisitor is is gone. Or maybe they didn't know he was gone or so on and so forth. More to the story of whether or not the Inquisitor is actually gone or not. But you're right. There's some, uh, some ranking issues going on in the uh, Fortress yeah, there's a lot of security issues in the fortress here, but we'll go back to Reva for a second here, where Reva goes, she tries tactic number three, where she, she tries to relate to Leia. She said, you know, like, 
I was a kid. The Jedi did all these things to me. Like, they were not who all the great heroes think you are. She tries to basically, you know, empathize with Leia. And this does not work either, Pete, because Leia then just basically lies to her face again and just says, oh, they're in a different place than where they actually were. I'm renaming Leia, Leia Karen Skywalker, because she pretty much said it like your manager, right? That was, that was, she was just like, I'm not doing this. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. I want to speak to someone better. Um, Leia is a strong-willed character, right? We've known this since the originals. Um, honestly, you'd never know that Luke and Leia were brother and sister, because I just feel like Luke is so clueless until he, <laughs> like, like, Obi-Wan, you're a Jedi? Get the hell out of here. Like, you knew. Like, come on. If, if Leia is at 10 years old, is that smart? Where where were you, you know, on this? You're you're a twin. You should you should know this. But anyway, um, it, I, I, I like the fact that they keep her as a strong-willed character. I think it would be pretty dumb if they said, okay, let her, her let her break and give up where the Jedi are. I mean, I I think it's fair and i think it's it's good writing and i think it's good for the character hey luke is drinking too much blue milk on tatooine to remember these things <laughs> probably honestly you're, you're spot on but it's interesting too with leia because like we saw in the first episode how alderaan is during these times too and what kind of a planet alderaan is for the first time and she had a solid upbringing with with the organa family and she had the right education she was obviously a unique character being that she had a different mindset and she didn't want to be a part of the suit and tie moniker, but that combined with the opportunities that she was given as a child just shows how mature she is and how smart she actually really is. Yeah, for sure. And then at this point, I think we take a break from this one and we see that Obi-Wan basically is working with Tala, trying to get through the fortress. Well, there's a secret secure vault on the bottom floor that Obi-Wan's going to go into here. And Alex is the guy who's finished Fallen Order. Did they mention this secret vault in the game that you couldn't get to, or? Is this I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Like, like Pete said, that game. I I literally just went back to it to finish it because I got about ninety nine percent done of it, and then I had to get to the end scene. So I was like, I might as well finish it earlier this week. But man, where does he come from? But it was it was an awesome scene. Lights go out. He's like starts to get all secret agency. You see the blue lightsaber come up, and then it goes dark, and he's like, he can't see. I think that was kind of cool. Again. Credit to the secret agent General Kenobi we saw. He's starting to come into his own and find his rhythm again, back being a Jedi Knight. Yeah, and Pete, we go into this secret, uh, secret, secret vault that the Empire has around here, and we see, like, despite all the creepiest things I've ever seen in Star Wars, we see, like, all of these, like, dead Jedi basically, like, kept in, like, orange goo, like, basically kept in stasis after they were killed. And we do get, like, one cameo. It's recognized. I think the... From Clone Wars, the Jedi who helps Ahsoka fire lightsabers is in there. He's one of the ones who are dead. We see a couple of lookalikes for like Plo Koon and Quinlan, where they're not this, you know, it's not them. We see like, and we see like a youngling being frozen in there, which is really, really creepy. And like, Pete, what do you think they're doing here with all of these Jedi corpses? You know, I, I would say research, but there's nothing to research, right? It's, it's all the fallen Jedi that didn't want to go against the Empire are now Inquisitors. So it, I don't, I don't know. I, I really, maybe it's like a trophy room to them. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan calls it a tomb, but maybe it's a trophy room. And that's just where, you know, if, if you're an avid hunter and you, you know, hang up the deer heads on the wall or anything like that, maybe it's like something like that as, as, as gruesome as, as, as weird as that sounds, I can't really see saving bodies like that. If your main objective is to just wipe the Jedi order off the face of the galaxy right yeah alex any thoughts on this i mean like you said it was really cool to see you know 
Terra, I think it's Terra Sibuni, Sibuni, Sinube, Terra yeah. Sinube, that's it, uh, from Clone Wars. Like Pete said, I don't know if it is, it could be a trophy room. Do we, do we actually know what, if anything, are they even doing with these guys? It could just be, we've got them, we're going to leave them there, and they're going to just sit in the basement forever and get and gather dust. My concern is, like you said, they panned to a lot of those Jedi. Like there were like five faces we at least you know got a good look at. What are their stories? Are we going to see them maybe in the upcoming Tales of Jedi show? What like maybe they're going to give more reference to that because I want to know the stories of those Jedi and exactly how whether were they Order sixty six or were they recent? You know what I mean? They could have been something where. In the opening scene of the show, we saw the younglings running away from the Jedi Temple. First of all, I'm sorry. We, you guys have probably mentioned this a bunch of times, but we're convinced that uh, Reva is one of the original younglings, right? That, yes. That's a thing. I'm just making sure. Yeah, okay, we, good. We're all on the same page. Because yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. So why was the youngling in the in the trophy room as well? Are they just that despicable? Are we just really starting to see that much of a dark side of the Empire? I'm going to say yes for one to that. I do think they are that despicable. And say number two, I think this is, again, sort of... I My theory on this, I think this is them more, again, trying to fix the sequels and say, oh, like, you know, like, we're trying to look into cloning and we're going to do this stuff where we have Force-sensitive clones and let's use all these bodies of dead Jedi studying midichlorians or whatever. So, I mean, we see this a little bit in Bad Bass. They hint at this thread. They do, hint at Mandalorian. We still have to never explain how Palpatine actually returned from the dead. So I wonder if they're, again, trying to start fixing the sequels in these other shows. Do you think this starts the Snoke? Yeah, I, anything to do with that? Or is yeah, I think this, is that too? I, I think I think it's part of the same thing. I think this is sort of that's because like Snoke's basically like a creation of the Force. I think they're trying to sort of use preserve these like Jedi bodies. They can just examine them in the chlorine and figure out how to manipulate them. Maybe Palpatine's a secret project going on. Hmm. Possibility. Yeah, there's a possibility, and we leave the tomb here because we find out basically at that point that Reva is basically trying to read the mind of Leia and get the information like she did with Haja back on the other planet and doesn't work. She says, okay, I had enough of messing around with this cave. We're going to the torture chamber. So we bring the droid out. Obi Wan senses that something is wrong. So she has, he has Tala create a distraction. Tala's basically calls Reva out and says, I have information for you. And then she basically, Reva's trying to play her. It's like, you know what? Like, I know that you know something and I think you know, cause you're a spy. And Tala basically says, you know what? I am a spy. I went in undercover for you guys. And then I thought that was actually pretty fun take on it, Alice, because she basically threw Reva for a loop for a man. He's like, huh, I thought I was going to get her lying, but she actually admitted it. It was interesting. You thought it was going to be like, you know what? I'm about to give myself up for Kenobi to get his, to, to, to save Leia almost. I, that's what I thought it was going. I thought Tyler was going to be the sacrifice that we saw for Kenobi to escape with Leia. But you said it, it was interesting. She kind of just like flipped it on her, but Reva knew from the beginning, something was up. And then once the alarm hits, you, you kind of knew that this was probably something that Reba saw. Like, oh, this is definitely the cause. And she saw right through her scheme. But credit to Tala trying to flip the switch, flip the script on her. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the more effective plays or a spy that we've seen in one of these Star Wars shows so far. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm kind of getting tired of Reva saying, I know you know something worth telling me. I feel like every episode we've heard it, I get it. Like, we got it. <laughs> People know, like, obviously Uncle Owen knows where Obi-Wan is. He's standing 10 feet behind you. And she's like, I think you know. Like, we, we've heard it already. I got it. This yeah. is this. We got it. Um, however, I, you got to give credit where credit's due. Tala just 
blatantly, like you said, just comes out. It's like, yeah, I'm a spy. How do you think I got into the whole Jedi thing? Like, I'm trying to help you guys. I know where he is. Um, and then, of course, the alarm goes off. The other Imperial officer's like, it's him. And then Rima just storms off. And this is also another indication of how bad stormtroopers are. Tala, <laughs> two moves and both of them were dead. I mean, it was... It, not to, not to take away credit from Tala because she's the badass in this mm-hmm. episode, but but like she like boops one of them in the face mask and he goes ah and just falls down. So, you know it's 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 uh, stormtroopers have been really rough. You know at least in this era. So good scene. My only gripe is that little boop to the face mask like paralyzed the guy. I don't know how, but yeah. It's always fun seeing Obi Wan maneuver through the base a little bit with like the help of Tala and like we see him basically like start using the force a little bit where like he or again pete's talking about the incompetent stormtroopers where two of them here tala communicate with him and he managed to trick them by like paying the door with the force and they go run out the room so he can get away then he gets leia out and then we have this fun sequence where like tala finds him and then they're getting into a shootout with stormtroopers one of them like like fractures the glass in the underwater chamber now, this is what a really cool one with the forcing out where he holds the water in long enough till he gets until he the Stormtroopers pride door open. He floods the whole chamber, so they all die. And he runs out the door and gets and just seals them in. That was a pretty badass moment. Yeah, like leading up to it, like you said, him running through the hallways and with Leia finding Leia, and we see him dodging and using the lightsaber back like he was, you know, young Obi Wan Kenobi again. That was pretty cool. And then, like you said, using the Force to hold the window. I think it's just we're slowly starting to see the force come back to him and him getting stronger and stronger. Like clearly last episode in episode three, we, we saw how weak he was and disconnected with the force he was. And Vader just absolutely demolishes him. Now, this is kind of like I don't want to say it's more Jedi training, but, you know, going through hallways, deflecting laser bullets like it's pretty much his basically get back to Jedi Knight Kenobi training. And you're right. It was great. The force with the water and the shattering of the windows. It was pretty cool sequence. It was pretty cool sequence here. And Pete, this is my most ridiculous part of this whole sequence here is after they clear the hallway, Tala basically says, okay, like I'm gonna get you out of here, put this on. Then we see the basically like, (laughs) she has Obi-Wan dress up and then like Leia's under (laughs) next to him. And she sees this one dude is like this really skinny torso with this giant ass pants. Like, how do you have 9,000 structures there and wonder, like, why does this guy have such weird proportions and why is he walking so slowly? So, I, if you, all right, if you're working in, walking in a big crowd when alarms go, going off, you're probably not thinking to look at that. So, I can understand that you're hiding in plain sight kind of a thing. So, I can understand that. Like when you see like Leia's like red shoes or whatever she's wearing, like under the thing, just walking like so, I'm like, oh, come on. Like, you suck. Like, there's a reason why the Inquisitors didn't last. There's a reason why a stormtrooper suck. Like, this is this is awful. This is just blatant. Just I, it's really I word is it's just it, it's just incompetent negligence. Like you, you're supposed to be fine. Like if, if my company says to me, you got to find Obi Wan, and I'm just walking by a dude that has four legs and wearing like baby girl shoes. Like I, first thing I'm saying is, hey buddy, I don't think that's right. Can you can you remove the cloak here, sir? Like I. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's fine. No problem. So uh, 
it's the empire. I mean, I feel like that's the only thing I could say is that it's just, it's the empire. Yeah. And Alex, I also had the comparison last week. I don't know if you got the last week's episode yet, but like the Inquisitor base, kind of like the X-Mansion in Deadpool, where there's only like two or three Inquisitors in the mansion anytime. So here we see again, it's only the fifth brother and the fourth sister there with Reeve. I'm like, where are all these other Inquisitors? What have they been doing? You're absolutely right. I guess they're too busy hunting the Jedi that they can't find, but it's just crazy. Like you're right. There's only two of them at a time and they're not nowhere to be found. And, there's like four little legs walking. There's no way Leia kept up with Obi-Wan. I know we watched the whole sequence, but there's got to be a moment where there was a stumble or she lifts the thing up to it and check her surroundings. Like, come on, guys. Empire's got to be better than that. Yeah. And then at that point, Reva comes back in and she like spots it immediately. And then we go back to Chekhov's No Shields where two of Roken's uh, fighter pilots come and start blasting through the ship because I'm sitting here like, how the hell did they have this? And I remember, oh, yeah, No Shields. This is another great design choice by the <laughs> Empire there. So. They blast them out. One ship picks up Tala and Obi-Wan and Leia. Other pilot, R.I.P. Wade, he tries to hold them off, and Reva just throws a bomb at his ship, and it explodes, and he dies. So, like, this is a pretty, really random way to end the sequence feed. I mean, I thought that was pretty badass. Uh, I also understand why there's no shields. The Empire thinks they won. They're the power, right? They don't think anyone's dare go near them. If they did, it's going to be a problem. Also, too, Word on the street is Mustafar's system is Vader's system. No one's going to Vader's system except for, of course, Obi-Wan, right? And the rebellion at this point. Um, I think it was so badass when Reva's walking out with the stormtroopers with her lightsaber lit. I think that was super cool. The one gripe I have about this is what were the other two Inquisitors thinking watching Reva take care of this? <laughs> it was in their hand doing nothing. Let them up and fight. It would make it look so much more cool, but also relatable. If, if, I'm, if I'm a guy or a girl or a species that is supposed to be protecting this base and the person you've been looking for is getting away, why well, be like, nah, let him take care of it. <laughs> like MO, right? It's do something about it. So they could have literally, if they just lit their lightsaber and then like threw away, but like, all right, at least they tried, right? They pressed the button, but they didn't even do anything. The guy was just holding his hand. He was like, and walked away. Like, you can't be mad at her. You did nothing. She's the only one that did anything in this situation. Counterpoint. He wanted her to F up this so he get the big chance. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> he, he stood there knowing what was going to happen. <laughs> Here's the deal, right? And this is, is going to come up after in a second. The, you're still responsible. Just because Reva is responsible for getting Obi-Wan, you're still responsible if someone attacks your freaking base. Yeah. So, yes, in the scene coming in, just a, a little teaser, Vader gets mad at Reva. If I was Vader, I'd be getting mad at the rest of them going in. You two idiots didn't do anything about it. Like you just stood and watched her fail. Great. You're, you're more useless than her, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'll also throw a counter out here to the no shield thing being a bad idea. Pete, they're on a planet like surrounded by water. What happens? They have a tidal wave. Basically wipes out all their electronics. Going surfing. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're right though. No shields. Maybe they might have to add a shield on on the Inquisitorious Fortorious. I'm tired of saying this name, but I did we get a did we get a traitor from Riva? I thought that was pretty cool. It was kind of like a like a you know a, a, a reference to Kylo Ren traitor shouting it. Yeah. At Finn back in episode seven. Like, I think that was pretty cool. And like you said, Pete, that was so badass. Lightsaber in hand, army of stormtroopers behind her. That was pretty cool. Um, and it was also cool to see, what was, what are those ships called from from Hoth, from episode five that, that came to save the oh, day? The, the speeders. The, the speeders with the cables on them. That was pretty cool to see. That was 
that's the ships that they have lying around that they chose to use. Sure, I'm with it. Yeah, and I'll also mention here in terms of another point against the Shields thing. I mean, this game, this takes place five years after Fallen Order. When Cal Kestis invades, the thing blows up here at the end of the game. So at that point, they still don't think they need Shields? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Cal's going to come back and blow up the, more shields. I don't know. They, they, they're, they're not going to put any more shields if they know Cal Kestis is still walking around. Yeah. Anyway, so we go ahead. Pete mentioned earlier, Vader shows up there. He is pissed. He basically walks in, force chokes Reva, slams her at the table. like, like, give me one good reason why you shouldn't die for your failure. And she says, I planted a tracker on the kid. And so we're going to find Obi-Wan. So good job, Reva. You save yourself from dying right there. And, Vader basically gives her the ultimatum, which says, you know, like, it's on you. If you fail, you're dead. And then we basically have, the again, the other two just sort of sitting there watching this thing. So, Pete, what did you think about this sequence? Um, Badass sequence, but Vader's an idiot. <laughs> I, I would, I would, like I said, I would have turned around to the other two Inquisitors and said, you're on thin ice, too, because you let them attack our freaking base. Yeah. And you sat there and did nothing. So, yeah. Uh, still a badass scene i mean it's uh, we just keep seeing vader and what we should have been seeing him all along right i feel like we haven't seen this side of vader live action ever i, I it's always just been i want to say legends because it's not it's been canon but it's always just been like stories of how intense vader is and it we're finally getting it so i'm i'm, I'm excited to see what comes for episode five and six I am excited too. Alex, you want to add something? Pete, you're spot on. I was just going to say, like, you're you're spot on. This was the first time I, I shuddered at, like, Vader for a second. He was pissed. He was screaming at her. Like, we're starting to see the real dark, dark villain that is Darth Vader. And it's definitely not done. Like you said, Pete, five and six are going to come and it's going to be the craziest Vader, I hope, the craziest Vader we've ever seen. It's, it's amazing. But why is there always a tracker? It's always like, let them get away. There's always a tracker. Oh, no, they, they escaped with the princess. Well, we have the tracker on the ship. It's There's always a tracker. Yeah. You know, to be fair, this is I did the first into the timeline of tracker being used. So, you know, it's so be it, you know, yeah. <laughs> more, more trackers to everybody. You get a tracker, you get a tracker. Yes. The Empire gets out tracker. The Oprah gets out cars. And now we can go ahead to the final sequence of the episode here where they go back to Roken's ship. Roken finds out that Wade has died. He's consoling. He and Tala console the other pilot who was apparently friends with Wade. And then we see the, this great moment where like Leia reaches out to Obi Wan, like really like sort of like embraces him for like the first time since they were reunited. And we get that shot, and we think it's be cool. And we see the droid light up, Lola, right up red because that's where the tracker is. I thought this is a very like fun way to go from like a heartwarming moment to like a oh shit moment to end the episode, Alex. They nailed it. Um, we've seen now this is three episodes. We see the relationship of Ben and Leia. And I don't know if I like them more than Grogu and the Mandalorian. Do we have a little competition of like, you know, you know, uh, adult figure, you know, innocent child kind of pairing. It's I, I think they're great, though. Like this is really what we've no sort of known, but haven't known how close Leia and Ben really are. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Naming her son Ben. Like, we start to see how close their relationship is, and this is really great to see. I think it was a very touching moment. Yeah, Pete, anything you want to add on the end of the episode? I, does anyone see the correlation between episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi and episode four of the movies? A little bit. 
So like we have to rescue Princess Leia from the grips of Darth Vader. Obi Wan, come help me. Uh, also, I also to Episode Three, we have Obi Wan versus Anakin again with fire. So there's a lot of correlation. So I'm curious, you know, Episode One and Two is not really too much correlation except for okay, Episode One, there's there's a Jedi boy and girl, I guess. <laughs> But uh, I just found that that correlation pretty funny. That episode three and episode four almost almost kind of correlate in story when it comes to the movies. So uh, is someone losing a hand in in the next episode, and then are we seeing Ewoks in six? I was gonna say we're saying about the hundred in next episode. That happens. We may be on to something. <laughs> I uh, I think um, I think though that this is a good ending. However, it's a weird ending when you have two episodes left of a series. Yeah. If this was the ending of the series where we see that closeness, like even if there's 20 minutes after this part of the scene to end the whole series, this is more of an episode six scene than there is an episode four scene. However, it, it makes me wonder what the conflict will be in episode five and six to bring this all home. Right. Yes. It's going to be the, Oh, we're scot-free. We're finally away. We can bring you home Leia, but then they're going to find them and there's going to be conflict. However, you have two more episodes, right? At least 30 minutes each minimum. Absolute minimum, 30 minutes each. A lot can happen in 30 minutes. I, I, I hope that episode five is not our filler episode. I hope that we have, I don't want to say run the content dry, but I hope that they continue this strong and that episode five is as strong as episode four is as strong as episode three. Um, so that's the only concern I have. This is, to me, not an episode four scene. To be fair, we thought episode four was the filler episode. They did not do that. So I have faith that they're not going to do it. Correct, but but... It's like, what else are they going to do? Now, granted, this is 10 years after episode three, um, the movie. So there's a lot of stuff that could come into play. We could get some cameos. We could get some really, really cool scenes as well. I'm just hoping it's not one of those Mandalorian things like, well, they're coming to find you. You have to hide. They found you. Fight. Okay, now we're going to run again. And then episode six. Okay, they found you again. You're going to fight. Now it's over. Like, I just hope they don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again now for the next two episodes. Why do I feel like I have a feeling like you're absolutely right, Pete? Like, but why do I have a feeling we're going to pivot the story? Like they might tie a bow on this and Leia, your home. That was your relationship with Ben. Maybe he goes back to Tatooine and something's wrong with Luke. And maybe now we start to see how, all right, this is Ben coming into his own. And all right, now I really got to start watching out after him. And here's, this was Kenobi. We saw the relationship with Leia. Cool. But now we got to get into the nitty gritty. And we're clearly, I mean, I hope we haven't seen the last of a Vader-Ben fight. So I think you're probably right, Pete. They're, they're going to squeeze more out of this as much as they can. I just hope it's more Vader. Yeah, I think it's more Vader. I don't think they go back to Tatooine now until like the very end of the show because at this point also, remember we talked about the Grand Inquisitor, they respect the canon. So at this point, like Vader has no idea that Luke is on Tatooine or that Obi-Wan's on Tatooine. So like if... He can't be following Ben there. So, like, I think we're going to not see Ben go back to the very end of the show. Yeah, I think the end of the show is going to be the final meeting between Luke and Ben, right? Because Luke knows Ben. Uncle Owen in the movies is always like, stay away from him, right? So I think we're finally, because I don't think, I don't think if if Ben, you know, if Obi-Wan has to secretly bring Luke toys, right? And Owen's like, stay away from him, he doesn't need you. I, it gives the vibe that they haven't met yet or they don't, they're not like close, so I wonder if we're going to have something that happens like, you know, like like Faz is saying, like maybe the last two episodes have to do with Luke. Yeah, we'll see about that. Let's get now to some of our trackers we do every week here on the podcast. Alex, do you remember, are you familiar with our character draft we do before the season? 
I'm not. I was looking at the rundown. What is what is this character draft? Is this a survival to the last episode kind of draft? So here's what we do. So I'll put it on the screen here. So at the start of the season, our preview show, me, Nick, and Pete drafted teams of characters who we thought might appear in the show that were not in the original group that now. So like, in other words, no Luke, no Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru, no Vader. Sure. So, so this is the standings right now on the teams here. So Nick's still at two points. He got one from Qui-Gon and we got one from Bail Organa. Pete on a, on a lark took Leia. So he has four points. He's in the lead. I'm in the last. I have one point. Uh, just R2-D2 <laughs> being in one screenshot in the premiere. So I went with the Ahsoka Cad Bane Captain Rex route. That did not work out for me very well. But I think Pete's in good shape to take this home. I mean, Pete, how did how did you land Leia? Like that was, well, and that was your third pick, or is this not pick order? Because this, this is the correct order. This is the correct order. So, <laughs> oh, so here's the deal. Nick picked Bail Organa, and I was like, oh, duh, Leia. Like if Luke's in it, Leia's got, got it. Pick Leia. And I have to I have to admit, I had Leia on there, but I was like, they're not going to show Leia. Like Luke's in the trailer. Like <laughs> it's gonna be about Luke. No one. I want to say no one cares about Leia, but it's like. Everything we see is about Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, Mandalorian, Luke Skywalker. So I'm like, they're just going to stick with it, right? Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, Leia. Let's do Leia. So I third pick. You nailed it. And so I guess Nick is kind of your MVP for this draft, more or less, giving you the the layup to the Organa family. Oh, yeah. But he, he's got Bo-Katan. I like Bo-Katan. I just – I know we still have to see how – the bow to Moff Gideon transition, but this isn't a Mandalorian recap episode. This is about Kenobi, obviously. But he should have waited until the third season of Mandalorian to draft Bo-Katan. What's he doing? Well, I think it was basically off of Clone Wars, where they do have a relationship in Clone Wars through Satine, so. Yeah, I mean, totally fair, but I mean, Mandalorian, I think they're going to keep to the Mandalorians. Yeah, that is certainly fair. So, as of right, also the stakes on this is basically... The winner gets like a like a stars where he applies that the loot that the last place person pays for. So right now I'm gonna be paying whoever Pete wants. This this train keeps up. Pete, get a lightsaber. I mean, no, get a lightsaber. <laughs> last 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 uh, draft I lost bad. Oof, really bad. He got shut out last draft. Oof. And I had a I got Nick a pop, so I was like I, I gotta gotta do better. I, I hate I hate the idea too. I was like I don't want to do this again. <laughs> again but leia's coming in clutch i need leia to show up both five and six at some point i need to yeah you're gonna yeah. you're guaranteed at least five right now uh, yeah i'm, I'm guaranteed at least five but nick can also get bail organa five and six pump him up to four or five like it could i don't know like things mm. could turn around real quick yeah I, well, I think i'm out i think i'm gonna say that much. I think i'm conceding <laughs> yeah mike i don't know if you can come back from this year you're, you're you're too you're too far back I knew when I was done with the last character draft, it's 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 now <laughs> the torch to you. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, once we left Dayu, I didn't I didn't see Cad Bane, and I took Rex of the draft based on that still shot of the Grand Quizzer spinning his lightsaber in front of the guy at the place on his back of his head. You know, it was flea at that point. Once I saw, I was like, oh, it's Rex. I was like, once it's not like, okay, I lost. We're not counting Rex as the uh, homeless stormtrooper back in the city. Well, he's credited as unnamed stormtrooper, so I can't. Okay, really fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I had to screen grab R2 to prove that it wasn't actually, he actually wasn't the premiere. Just <laughs> hey, like, I, I, we back in uh, a couple of years ago, we did a Game of Thrones survival draft. You had to pick your people at the start of the season, and if they were alive in the end, you win the draft. I know the feeling. Screenshots yep. are the reasons why you win. Yep. Now, let, now let's go on to our character, our trackers that we do every week on the podcast. So the things we keep track of during the season. So the one that's been running through multiple shows, they've not had anything happen in the live action yet. The Hondo tracker, he's up to 18 appearances across all the Star Wars properties, including his including his uh, visit at Galaxy's Edge. So 18 Hondos, Alex. I love Hondo. I, I never, 
I can't. Who's the guy who voices him? Because he's a figure of our childhood. That voice actor. I think it's I, Jim Cummings. I think. Isn't that the guy who does Mr. Krabs? I think so. He's amazing. I need more Hondo. I love Hondo. I mean, that's the thing, though. I don't think we're going to see Hondo. Or we'll probably see Hondo first. But when we see Hondo, we probably see Ezra. That may be a little outlandish to say. But they were close in Rebels. So I feel like the next time we see... I mean, I know rumors have it that Ahsoka is going to kind of reference, you know, General Thrawn and potentially Ezra. So I'm, I'm sorry. I got Rebels on the brain. Yeah. But I think... We might have a little reference to Ezra there, but I, I love Hondo. Give me more Hondo, please. Yeah, it's a good point, Pete, because if Ahsoka is basically Rebel Season 5, and this is, I think this is a good, that might be a spot where you see Hondo show up. Yeah, I mean, Hondo's getting his own show. I mean, we think that, that uh, <laughs> we, pirate show, right? Um, yeah, we, our new theory is that Jude Law is playing Hondo. I mean, <laughs> in Skeleton I, Crew. I, it could be. I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, Hondo is. Uh, Maybe we'll see him at the end just to throw him in like, hey, look, this character's coming to Star Wars. Same thing with maybe Cal Kestis. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. we will see. In terms of the other, other ones here, animated characters. We finally got on the board because of Tara Sanubi. So he's he's dead. He made a cameo. So one animated cameo, Pete. We finally get broke the, the ice on that one. Yeah, the poor guy's dead, though. So I feel <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough. Pretty rough cameo, if you ask me. It is a rough one. Well, you know what? Isn't didn't they say Acolyte when that comes out a hundred years before Phantom Menace, right? Yeah. So that's the old Republic. That was when he was thriving. We might see another flashback to him when the new shows come out. Maybe he'll be a character in the show. Maybe he'll be a character in the show. I like it. He had the cane lightsaber too, yep. right? He was yep. walking and he had the cane. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So he's there. We still are have eight live action cameos here because Leia has been four appearances. Then we entered our bunch from episode one with, Bale, Qui-Gon, R2-D2, and C-3PO. So eight live-action cameos so far, Fez. Love it. I need more Qui-Gon. Obviously, this is, I hope, not the last time we saw Qui-Gon in the first episode. He's going to talk to him eventually, guys. We know him. He was my favorite, too. Obviously, everybody has their gripes of episode one. Best part about episode one, hands down, fight me on it. Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, best part of the movie. You're not going to argue from us. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest Sith Lord in canon Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The greatest Sith Lord in canon. And then we'll go to here. This one's been a bit of a bust. I thought we could see more Inquisitors. We've only gotten four over the course of the show. The idea was every time a different Inquisitor shows up, we're going to track that. We've only seen the four. And we have not gotten another one yet. At this point, I don't think we're adding more, Pete. I would love. It's not going to happen. But I would love the last episode to be Obi-Wan and the rest of the Jedi that are still alive going up against Vader and the <sighs> all the Inquisitors. That'd be amazing. Just like Avengers Endgame. An Endgame. <laughs> just running at each other. Just lightsaber battle. Finally get the lightsaber battle we've been looking for in at live action Star Wars. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish it did. Yeah, I wish I wish it did too. I think this is another one where this is more of the X Mansion thing, where there's only three of them that are going to be on the show. The rest are off in the other parts of the galaxy. Possibly, I I don't know. I listen as long as they don't throw something wild in, like the Mandalorian shows up. I'll be <laughs> as long as they just stay true to what they're doing. Perfect, that's fine. So be mad if Grogu shows up next episode, Pete. I'd be, I'd be really mad <laughs> at all. You, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be mad if they saw us that Quinlan Vos is the one who saved Grogu from the temple. I mean, okay. If they make it relevant, <laughs> they make it relevant, and it's not all about Grogu, and it's not like 
Mandalorian season point, you know, 2.54, whatever. They- <laughs> Fine. But there's there's no reason why anything from the Mandalorian should be in this show at all. I don't care if it's a popular entity of theirs. I don't care if it's a popular property of theirs. It should not show up. Not even the Darksaber should not show up in this show. I think that is certainly a fair take here. In terms of the Jedi tracker, we are I'm leaving it at one because we did see a bunch of dead Jedi in the tomb, but like I'm only I think we should only count the land of the living here, Alex. Uh yeah, unless I see a lightsaber, you're no Jedi to me. Because I can't sense the force. Yeah. So unless I see the force or see a lightsaber, nah, I'm good. We'll we'll count the living. Yeah, we only counted the one guy from the premiere near like uh Nary who ends up dying in the premiere. So he's the only Jedi we've seen other than Obi-Wan so far. Sounds good to me. All right, classic lines here. Update this to two because Alex pointed out we got the traitor line from Reva echoing episode seven. So a new uh, cameo line there, Pete. Yeah, I think we should add Leia's. I'd like to speak to your manager, please. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. And think, yep. imagine Leia was just like, can I speak to your manager? Just just as a, as a <laughs> going, just casual, casual, like, hey, can I speak to your manager? Yeah. And then it ends up being Vader. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty fun. And the last one here, the planets track. We're up to seven now because we've been to Jabim now. So seven planets in this show. This is a last minute addition, Alex. After Big Boa Fest been like way too long on Tatooine, not going anywhere else. Yeah, I've never heard of Jabim. Another planet to the many galaxies far, far away. I like it. Uh, Lego Star Wars has to update because there are fifty planets that I have finished ten of. Uh, needs to add Jabim. Yeah. I'm I'm, I, I'm okay with more planets. That's fine with me. All right, next up here, we'll do the MVPs and LVPs, as we do every week. The the three people on the panel, usually sometimes four if you have a guess. We gave our the MVP and the LVP the episode. Here are our standings through the first three episodes here. Darth Vader in the lead at plus two. Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> off a two LV point last week, down to plus one. Bail Organa plus one. Uncle Owen plus one. Haja plus one. The very controversial Tala MVP point from last week for me, plus one. The negative side, Leia's cousin from the premiere, thanks to me, negative one. The fifth brother, negative one. Reva minus two. And the Flea Gang bring up the rear, negative three. So that's where we're standing right now here. So, P, I'll go to you first. Who is your MVP for this episode? MVP is Tala, 100%. Uh, without Tala, none of this happens. Uh, Obi-Wan was a badass. Vader was a badass in this. but And Leia was also a strong-willed character. It was strong-willed character. But if it wasn't for Tala, this doesn't happen at all. So she gets the MVP. Alex, who's your MVP for this episode? Tala's great, but I think it's got to be Leia. She was the strong will. She didn't break. She didn't give up the location of the path, or I guess the multiple locations of the path. And at the end of the day, she didn't get tortured. So she held her own. She, uh, she showed how strong her will is. So shout out to Leia. I think she's the MVP. I'm going to give my MVP point to Obi-Wan here because he had a good week with the Force there. He does those impressive moves. He uncovers the Jedi tomb, which, you know, could be useful later on for information purposes. And he helps her get away. I mean, the aid of bumbling Imperial security, but he did pull it off. So points to Obi-Wan here. That's fair. All right. Now we'll go the other direction. LVP. So, Alex, who is your LVP of this episode? Oh, man. LVP. Ah. Uh... I want to say Reva, but I don't know if I'm going to go Reva. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go Reva. She she ruined her interrogation. She thought she could get the better of a 10-year-old. She lost. And, yeah, she got the tracker on, but she did get choked out and almost on the verge of death. So she's got to do a little better. She's on the edge. This is her last chance 
to capture Kenobi. So we'll see if she does it. But I don't know. Reva, you got to step it up. Uh, Pete, who's your LVP? So can I give it to like 17 people? (laughs) Can I just give it to the Empire? They suck. They're just horrible. I I think I have the answer for you, Pete. The Empire. Imperial (laughs) security. Security. (laughs) What to do? I don't. Look, I am not going to sit here and say I would understand or know what to do in a situation where a prisoner is trying to fight me. Okay. I, I can't say I know that situation. Can't say I understand that situation. You're in armor and you get bonked and you're holding a gun. Shoot. Like <laughs> one is going to like be mad at you. If you were protecting yourself from an Imperial officer that they make it seem like is no big deal. Right. Traitor. Fine. She has information about the paths. Fine. I get it. Maybe don't shoot, but. <laughs> just give it to the empire as a whole. <laughs> yeah, I'm looping with you here. We're calling Imperial Security here. This is going to be the other LVP from me, just because, again, this is basically one Jedi, one traitor, and a kid managed to get out of a base with three Inquisitors, a whole, like, three, like, hundreds of stormtroopers, a bunch of officers, and a bunch of, like, weapons on their disposal. How oh. they got out of the base makes no sense. <laughs> not recognize a full-grown man with a set of like little girl feet <laughs> next to it. beard out the freaking face like he's got barely a cap on he's got the biggest beard in the room yeah like how how do you just overlook a 10 year old girl in a military base that <laughs> also as the fact that you didn't mention here the fact that like when they're walking you see an officer walking with a man who Whose whose cape just balloons at his tor- like out into his torso, but the chest is not matched the right proportions as well. That also looks odd. You're gonna you're gonna have to bleep this out, but the Empire are a bunch of fucking idiots. Um, so- <laughs> they suck. Yes. They, they blew it. Yeah, Imper- they blew it. Imperial security gonna challenge the flea gang for LVP status of the season by the time this is over. <laughs> it's a rough place to be in. <laughs> it is a rough place to be, so. Oh, go ahead now. We're going to grade this episode here. Go from zero to ten. So, Alex, what's your grade for the episode? Zero to ten. Well, it was a great episode. It was the shortest episode, so it can't be the greatest. I don't think it was as exciting as the last episode. I'll go 7.5. Okay. I mean, like a 7.5. Okay. I'm going to – I'm also going to go with a 7.5 because, for me, the chase was fun. I think there was way, one too many Reva interrogation scenes, and I think the incredulousness of the Empire's horrendous security makes me drag the episode down a few points. So <laughs> seven and a half, because I was entertained, but the plot was ludicrous. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna go a little bit lower than you guys, only because again, to get a ten, we need like the most epic lightsaber battle ever in the history of mankind. I you know, and I gave episode three a nine because it was, or maybe a nine point five. I can't remember what I did because it was damn close. So. I have to give it a seven because there's at least three points higher of content that it could be. Yeah. And it was short. So like we got, we, we what we got was like also a little wacky mm-hmm. yeah, for, for the episode. It's a good episode, but if we're going to compare it to the past four, I can't exactly seven. You know, if we were going to just go by like, how did you like it? One to 10, just this episode alone, I give it an 8.5. Cause it's like, hey, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was fun, short, but whatever. Um, so I got to give it a seven compared to the others. All right. Last thing we, he pays biz here. We have a prediction for what's coming next week. So, Pete, what is your prediction for part five? 
So my prediction part five is I do like Foz's theory that we were going to get a little bit of Luke, but I also, I think they're going to run this Leia thing to the ground. I really do. Um, so I think Obi-Wan's going to try to get Leia back to Alderaan, but there is going to be problems where maybe there's bounty hunters, maybe there's other inquisitors. I think we're going to start getting the pieces of all these missing characters that should be in this timeline. I feel like we're going to start getting them to prepare for the final episode. So you think there's a chance we get the cameo party here like we did in Book of Bow episode I six? Think, I think this is going to be the cameo episode, and that cameo episode will also transfer to cameos into episode six. All right, Alex, what is your big prediction for this episode? I think Pete's right. There are going to be some cameos for sure. Um, they will drive this Leia story into the ground. I don't think we get another hiccup, though. I think we start to see, we saw Kenobi start to find his own with the Force again. He's starting to get a little stronger. They go back to Alderaan. I think Leia gets reunited, but then we start to see maybe a little political aspect because now with the tracker, they know she's back on Alderaan. What are they going to do? Is the Empire going to get involved politically? Maybe they threaten the Organa family as a whole. Remember, we saw the cousins in the family doing some party in the first episode. Maybe there's a reference to that. And there's rifts in the family and political aspects and whatnot and drama aside. I think they do get back to Alderaan, though. Um, but Pete's right. We're going to get some cameos for sure. I think they have to. We got to we got to bring the people back up to the up to the top before the last season. The, the season finale just blows everyone away. Yeah, right. I feel and sorry to cut you off, Mike um, and Alex, but I uh, this show has been fan service already in a way. They got to do more. Like, I, I just feel like it. we're just like we're right there. It's like there's so much more you can do in this timeline because there's a lot of stuff within the 20 years between episode three and episode four. Right. So so there's so much you can do here. Also, Disney likes to start referencing new shows and other shows as well to tie things in. Maybe we get something from the Ahsoka show that's not Ahsoka Tano. Maybe we get something from the Andor show that's not Andor. Maybe we get something from Bad Batch. I don't know. Uh, you know, because I don't know if the Bad Batch is still around 10 years after Order 66, but they could be. I don't remember from canon, but I there has to be something. Who who had Hera on their draft board? He did. I, th I think we get a little Hera. You, you, we have to start seeing the Rebellion build, and she was a core part of it. No, you know, knowing Star Wars right now, it'll be like some member of Death Watch so they can get the Mando tie-in. <laughs> see Pre Vizsla show up. Yeah. <laughs> see Paz Vizsla, I think it was born, whoever, whichever one's not dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say for my thing, I'm going to say we have a little different here. I do think there's going to be cameos. I think Obi-Wan's going to figure out there's a tracker. He's going to find the tracker. He's going to come up with a plan where he's basically going to separate from Leia. He's going to take the tracker and get away from them. And then the episode ends with him and Vader meeting again. That's our tease to get us into the finale. I will die. I will die. That would be so cool. And then just like the scene ends, like you say, like a lightsaber pops open. Cut. Yeah. That's my take. That'd be amazing. I like that one. I do. I do like that one a lot, actually. I think it would, yeah. it would subvert, subvert this thing of, oh, we're being tracked. And I if he's smart to figure out that, oh, we're being tracked. It was too easy to get off that base. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm interested to see what Nick says if he can get in contact with us because I know he is overseas. But um, I, I, it'd be interesting to see if Nick has any part of our points within his his guess. Yeah, so Nick is supposed to be sending me information. I think later today, about like after he watches the episode, he's gonna send me like his MVP, LEP, and grade and prediction. So like I will get from him. Like well, I'll share it next week, Pete. What he did. 
Yeah, no, I, I really I really would like to hear his take on it. Absolutely. A lot of fun this week. I want to thank Eric for coming on. Alex, thanks for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate it. People want to keep up with what you're doing. How do they follow social media and keep up with some of the stuff you're up to? Yeah, you know, I'm working over at SportsGrid. You can find us all at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, myself, at Alex Fasano underscore. We're doing a lot of great gambling and uh, sports wagering content. But, hey, I love talking to me some Star Wars, guys. I appreciate you having me on, being here with the Sky Guys. A lot of fun. I hope I did well for my debut. We got the lightsaber. We got the props. It was a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Pete, people want to follow you on social media. I can do that. At PJ Considori 29 C-O-N-S-A-D-O-R-I. Um, Rangers are killing me, man. I don't <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> We're up two games. Nothing out. You don't lo- it's not over until you lose at home, Pete. Just I, remember that. I know. I know. But it's still like the, the heart palpitations just keep <laughs> coming up and up. So, yeah. So, follow me there. Uh, a lot of hockey Twitter. A lot of, you know, retweeting this stuff as always. Yeah, you yeah, say my prediction here. I said something to Justin the Suffering Podcast this week, too. If they do not get game five, I don't think they're winning the series. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> if they do not get game five, it's over. It's over with It'll be a tough. Oh. It'll be tough. Yeah, it would be tough. You guys will follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This is the Justin the Suffering Podcast. I had Dan Federico on talking New York Yankees baseball. Also did the second half of the volume one of Stranger Things, our pop culture correspondent, Sam DeRosa. So, Baz, I don't know if you're a big Stranger Things guy, but we've talked about it on a couple of podcasts the last few weeks. Can't wait. July 1st, part two of season four, part five. I don't know. It's going to be two hours long. I'm excited for it. I'll have to definitely watch. Yeah, the, the biggest movie that's very longer than both uh, Doctor Strange and Top Gun Maverick. I, uh, I bet you the Mandalorian makes an appearance. <laughs> He's in the upside down all along. He isn't, he isn't the upside down. So a lot of fun. We will be back next week. I, we have another guest coming in to fill the next chair. I'm not going to reveal it yet. We have it tentatively scheduled. I'm not going to be able to confirm yet, so I will not leak it on the podcast yet in case plans change. But until then, may the force be with you.